Welcome to the Planted Mindset podcast and this is episode 37. Now I've been asked a lot of questions and I, I get asked lots of questions by online clients and the clients I see one-to-one and so I thought I'd put together an episode based on some of those questions that have been asked and answer them because they may be some of the things that you've been thinking about um, and that will give a little bit of clarity to it. Um, but the first one that I actually have is from uh, Macia, and she said uh, on her question that she her weight loss fluctuates. So one week she says that she sees a weight loss, and then uh, or even down to the days, and then nothing uh, next day. And why is this happening? Well, obviously the body. Um, it doesn't really care about <laughs> your particular weight loss. It's just looking after your vital organs and keeping them functioning. Now, for a body to work, obviously, it needs energy. And energy is, by the way, a fuel and the food that we eat. Now, if we eat more energy uh, than we expend, obviously, we put on weight, uh, fat. And obviously, if we work out or expend more energies than we take in, then we, we lose weight. So generally, this comes down to a calorie surplus, calorie deficit, and obviously using exercise as a differentiator to um, obviously help those results. But your body um, will, like fat isn't a bad thing. You know, we do actually need fat in our body, um, obviously, to be able to absorb uh, the vitamins A, D, E and K. Uh, they're fat soluble vitamins. We also need it for insulation um, and many other functions. But obviously, too much of the fat and different types of fat is where, um, you know, it's sort of important to sort of distinguish so visceral fat is the fat that you find um, under your muscles and um, over your organs uh, generally sort of around for men particularly around the belly um, and women obviously store that more um, around the hips um, and they go into what are called um, adipocyte cells uh, like these fat storage cells um, and it's almost like the body's sort of saddlebags to um, hold on to that fat, to use it uh, for obviously when the body thinks that there's no uh, energy or fuel coming in, so that it's got a reserve tank. But obviously, if we're doing that um, over time and we're never using those reserves, obviously those fat stores just get bigger and bigger and bigger. So <laughs> the fat storage um, is what well, the fat's called uh, triglycerides. And if you're eating uh, more than you burn, obviously, um, they will get stored up. Um, so it's your um, hormones that help, in particular, your insulin, uh, the hormone that regulates the flow of the triglycerides um, into those fat cells. So you've got the fat in the cell um, and obviously you want to lose it. So how does that happen? Well, most simply, you've got to either be in a calorie deficit so that you're not giving your body as much energy as it needs. So it uses those fat stores to burn it up um, or you, you, you put, into car put cardio into that. Um, but what happens is when the body starts to lose weight or lose fat, um, it breaks down those fat stores, those triglycerides in a process called lipolysis. Um, 
And what happens is that the fat, obviously, uh, you lose that fat out of those cells in the short term. Now, there's two schools of thought. It's a bit debatable as to whether the cell gets filled with water or whether that actually doesn't. Um, so, you know, obviously do your research on that. Um, but the fat in that cell obviously does reduce. But those fat cells don't disappear straight away. Um, they stay there because obviously they're maybe wondering, you know, is fat going to come back? Am I going to need to take this on board? But eventually, obviously, when you're losing or consistently losing weight, those uh, fat cells will shrink and eventually they will dissipate through the body, either through, um, you know, sweat, um, uh, carbon dioxide, obviously, um, that you're burning and urination, et cetera, et cetera. So, but what happens as to why you'll lose weight and they're not? Well, obviously, as you lose weight, your, uh, your basal metabolic rate is going to change because obviously your, your weight's not the same. So you're not, your body's not going to require the same amount of calories that it did when it was heavier. But if you're still eating the same amount, then obviously that could have an, an impact. Um, but also is it's not on a 24 hour clock, you know, the body doesn't say, right, okay, you ate that yesterday and okay, uh, we'll lose it today. It doesn't really work like that. And there's so many other factors that come into play. Obviously your hormones are a massive one, but it, it can be down to, um, you know, what was you doing the day before? You know, you could have had, um, higher sodium intake in some of your meals on that particular day you still ate healthy but some of those foods were um, more loaded than than usual and then obviously your body retains that water that is going to have a, an effect on the scales so um, it's always looking at the diet that could be one reason another one could be actually down to training so if you've done like a resistance uh, session so that's like a, a weight training session where you've used weight body weight or dumbbells kettlebells whatever um and the next day you're thinking like i've been really really healthy i've done that workout and then the scale hasn't moved or it's moved up why um well, again, your body could be in a state of inf or inflammation from that workout. So your muscles could be sore. Um, and what happens is obviously your body is going to retain a certain amount of water to help obviously heal those micro tears that you've made uh, through that training. So there's, there's so many different uh, aspects, which is why it's so important to not be a, a slave to the scale. You've got, you know, uh, intercellular water. You've got obviously... Uh, so many processes of like water retention, um, your muscle holds water. So another one could be, you know, you've eaten more carbohydrates the day before, for example, or the last few days. Um, and obviously carbohydrates gets converted to glucose, glucose into glycogen gets stored in the liver and the muscles. Well, one gram of glycogen um, holds about three grams of water. So again, can you imagine if you've um, had a, a carb heavy meal the, the night before you and, and, and you've trained, you, you're probably looking really pumped in, in the mirror, um, but that naturally is going to affect the scale. But that's not an accurate measure. So that's why it's really important to not fixate on scale weight. Um, and it's even down to the most simple things like, you know, are you weighing yourself at the same time? You know, depending, your weight will fluctuate uh, throughout the day. And obviously, if you have uh, weighed yourself before going to the loo in the morning, 
then that's going to make a difference as well. So there's there's lots of reasons as to why your weight will fluctuate, and especially for females um, when it comes to time of the month, because your body coming up to menstruation is is going to hold on to to more uh, water uh, with those fluctuating hormones. So my advice on that is um, really don't um, fixate on the scale weight. Use pictures as a, a good guide. So regularly take a picture, say once a week, um, in the same position, same outfit. Uh, get someone else to take it, sort of, you know, mid shot from from the knee up and use those as your guide um, rather than the scale weight because it isn't it can send you down the wrong path um, and really trigger um, like a the fuck it button because <laughs> you think you've done really well and then you the scale doesn't you know give you the number that you want and then you go well, what's the point might as well give up and really with any weight loss it's consistency small steps done every day will equal success so my advice would be ditch the scale it's, it's a good marker to start with, you know, like to have an idea. I mean, obviously, if we want to get results, we do need to measure. But being a slave to it, you really want to stick it away after that um, and, and not not step on it, resist stepping on it. And then that way you haven't got that temptation. Keep on with your diet as you are, um, because, as I say, it's going to massively fluctuate at different times of the day, different times of the month. And by taking those pictures you're getting a more accurate uh, view you can actually see the body changing uh, do one uh, frontal and one back and one side um, and use those as your measure that would be more accurate and the other one is use your clothes um so you're the you're straight you'll know straight away if you know oh, these are feeling a bit loose oh this is cool you know like they're a really good measure as well um you know, obviously bear in mind though, that jeans when they've just been washed are always super tight <laughs> and they loosen up. So again, don't get, don't get worried about that. Like, oh my God, they're too tight because probably later on in the day they'll, they'll loosen out. Um, but yeah, use your clothes as a measure as well and just stay consistent with your diet and any diet. Um, I've been asked this before as well, you know, like what's the best diet? Well, a diet that you can stick to so don't get fixated with you know any particular diet a, a diet's only going to work if it's one that works with your lifestyle your setup and one that you feel that you can live with so i hope that answers that question um so i had another one uh, from stephanie and she said uh how do you overcome food cravings at certain times of the month so this is obviously one for the females and <laughs> Yeah, I mean, when we come uh, near to our cycle, we do, um, well, the body is telling us it wants to take on more uh, fuel, obviously, uh, because it's going to go through a process of uh, ridding the body, um, obviously, and you're going to need that extra energy and fuel to help with that process. So I don't want to get too technical, obviously, and I don't know when people are listening to this, so I don't want to put them off their food. But <laughs> um, so you've got different phases, um, particularly uh, for women. You've got the luteal phase that, uh, and then you've got the follicular phase, which is the, the day one of the period um, and then through to sort of day 18 and then it goes into the luteal phase as well so understanding these two different phases really helps so arming yourself with knowledge then helps with the decisions as to why i feel a certain way so obviously when you're um 
so after you've ovulated and you 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 know so this is the luteal phase your estrogen levels actually drop and the progesterone levels rise so it's really quite important at that particular time to eat some really good healthy fats um so this keeps um your hormones functioning more smoothly um you know and obviously uh, smoother hormones equals uh, <laughs> more calm mood um so things that i would say like that um you you want to be your body at this particular time is wanting to try to get rid of estrogen um so you want to eat foods that help sort of support that so uh, quinoa and buckwheat are really good at supporting that and obviously they're healthy grains that are going to help you feel fuller for longer and when you feel fuller as well you're less likely to be craving certain stuff because it's really important to stay hydrated uh so the uk government guidelines are like six to eight glasses of water a day but um which sort of equates to, I don't know, sort of, I don't know the, the conversion, but sort of a litre, litre and a half. Um, but generally speaking, um, I go in litres. So uh, I, as a female, aim to drink three litres of water a day. And I recommend my clients that are male to drink four litres a day. You need, your body is, you know, over, uh, well, the body and the brain. Uh, over 70% water so you really want to make sure that you're putting enough water in there to help flush toxins out um, but in this particular phase you, you're also looking to eat foods that um, have a good content of iron in there so uh, a good snack would be sunflower seeds um, and almonds they're, they're absolutely awesome and you can team that up with say some uh, apples or um, peaches, you know, something. So combining a, um, a healthy carbohydrate with a good fat. Um, so this is going to help the body, um, you know, obviously get rid of that estrogen and, you know, hopefully level out those hormones to stop you feeling that urge to snack. So then obviously um, you're going into when you're menstruating, you do want to obviously be keeping that iron level up uh, in particular obviously um so foods that are really good for that are like your uh spinach and your kale and obviously your meat if you're a meat eater obviously this is planted mindset podcast and <laughs> so um i'm saying all the alternatives but yeah you you want to be looking to to supplement potentially if you do have uh, dips if you do ever feel dizzy um you know or lightheaded um then you, you know obviously it could be a drop in uh, ferritin as well so it's really quite important to make sure that you're either consuming enough iron rich uh produce um and you normally need to team that up with vitamin c especially obviously from a plant-based perspective to help the body break down that iron and absorb it so whether that's uh, again a vitamin c supplement or whether that's through obviously uh, citrus fruits um, you want to combine that as well but um when you're actually in the uh, luteal phase this is when you're i would say be kinder to yourself um it's not the point of your uh, cycle where you're going to be at your strongest and you know in that respect when you know that then you're not going to beat yourself up um, from an exercise point of view so if you're not at your strongest then you potentially are not as working as hard so again you have to be mindful on what you're eating 
uh, from a calorie perspective. But when you go into the follicular phase, so this is like from the first day of your period through from day seven through to say day 18, um, you want to eat foods that support your estrogen production. So again, a really good snack here would be flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. Um, obviously, protein is, is key with all of it, uh, all the way through. If you can aim to eat uh, sort of 25 to 30 grams of protein with every meal, not only this is going to help with your body's um, build and repair, it's going to help you feel fuller for longer. And if we feel fuller for longer, we're less likely to snack. So, um, you know, protein rich foods, obviously, if you are plant based, then you're looking at sort of um, soy, uh, tofu, um, you know, obviously beans and legumes and pulses are all really good sources as well. Um, but you want to be filling up on those you know, obviously with every particular meal. Um, but also you want to be looking at really uh, calcium rich foods, um, again, to support uh, the muscles. It's not just for the bones, it's for the muscles as well. Um, particularly because in this phase is when you're at your strongest. So this is when, you know, you can pump out that workout and feel really on top of this world and you feel super strong. So, you know, add some spinach or some cow to your smoothies, um, you know, extra greens on the plate. Um, so, you know, and obviously if you're not plant-based, then, you know, supplemented or not supplementing, but having obviously dairy, um, alternatively, obviously again for for plant-based you know you're looking at those uh, greens and and the, the flax seeds so um i like to put flax seed in particular in my smoothie uh, along with spinach as my one of my morning meals um and i do actually uh, put a uh, plant-based protein scoop in there as well so so to be sure that that first meal which i take as i say as a smoothie form is is got a good level of protein carbohydrates and fats so there are a few things that i would suggest obviously trying to eat um more regularly to to keep the metabolism burning consistently so it's a bit like a fire you don't want to to have one log burning really brightly and then it burns out before you put the next one on so if you are trying to eat so if you think about it we're, we're not actually designed to just have three meals a day that was that was sort of that came about because of the industrial revolution you know you ate before you went to work they'd give you some sort of break and then you'd eat when you got home or at the factories but you, you want to be looking to have like um, a meal first thing um, and whether you can stomach that or not, that's why I have a smoothie. That's my first meal of the day to, to sort of fire up the metabolism to say, yes, okay, we're going, we're raring to go. Um, and then follow that with that. My, my first meal would be then say my breakfast. So I don't call my smoothie, my breakfast. That's just my first meal. Um, and then you want to be looking, obviously, with every meal to have that protein in there. Now, bear in mind that your uh, calories, obviously, is personal to you and your own BMI. Uh, so, or, or BMR, I should say, and BMI. But you, if you're looking to lose weight, then ultimately you need to be in a calorie deficit. So my key would be there is focus every meal about round protein first and foremost 
and then good healthy fats and then the rest of that is carbohydrates and split that amongst your meals so as many as you want um, to the amount of calories that you're looking to hit on a daily basis now obviously calories don't run on a 24 hour clock but it's a guide it's a guide and with everything it's like you've, you've got to learn to understand your own body so be your own doctor you know be your own um advocate of what's working and what's not you know be observant so if you know do something follow that for a week and if you find that you're losing weight that's great and if then at one point then you find that it stalls then you obviously need to change something up and that generally is as i said it's down to your bmr uh, going down so you're either going to have to drop your calories a bit more i.e eating less food or you're going to have to increase your uh, energy expenditure and that is what will rare it out but don't stop eating you know keep that frequency of the food um, and it doesn't mean when when i say like drop calories you've got to eat less i mean you can have a full plate of greens you know greens are always unlimited you know you don't even count them as calories they are there um, as long as you're not putting any salt on them or sauce or anything like that you know asparagus broccoli cabbage um, cauliflower uh, leeks kale you know they're all you can eat them in abundance so uh, you know fill up your plate with greens and lettuce obviously salads and stuff like that um, so that you you do get that bulk because you want that fiber as well because fiber again makes you feel fuller so um combination of those with those little snacks of say flax seeds almonds to supplement you through the time and it's just sort of understanding your body and where you are in your cycle and when you know that you're you know more armed to either, not resist the temptations but understand it and when you understand it you can make better choices so i hope that one helps and the next question i've had was uh this was from sam so they said um if suffering with muscle soreness um after work now and and should they rest until they're healed so <laughs> obviously uh muscle soreness after a workout that can come within 12 to 48 hours and it can be mild to absolutely extreme <laughs> to the point when you are literally using your, all your body weight to lower yourself onto the toilet when your legs have become like sticks of wood and you're trying to walk down the stairs backwards <laughs> um yeah that is called doms delayed onset muscle soreness and i'm sure most people have experienced that sometime in their life well why do we get it um, this is down to obviously potentially using muscles that you've not used before. It can occur to or happen with anyone, even, you know, athletes that, that train regularly. If you're using particular muscles that you haven't, or you've pushed those muscles further than they've previously been pushed before, it's the body's sort of stress mechanism, obviously the, the inflammation, um, trying to repair those micro tears that you've elicited on the body but should you not train no you you definitely should now there's a difference between obviously muscle soreness and muscle injury and you need to know the difference um muscle soreness is like an ache you know it's obviously when you move that particular muscle you'll you'll know the difference if you touch it it feels tender 
obviously a muscle pain, um, you know, is normally more acute, um, normally more pinpointed to a particular spot, um, you know, so definitely understand between sort of muscle soreness and muscle injury uh, because you sort of never train on a, an extreme muscle tear or ligament. Um, but obviously muscle soreness as in DOMS absolutely train because what you're going to do is you're going to raise your um, heart rate. So you're going to get the blood pumping around the body and you are going to obviously get the body nice and warm and that's going to loosen up those muscles. So after the first few minutes where it feels awful, <laughs> you, you're then going to feel a lot better. Um, and your body's going to feel a lot looser and yeah, you're going to be so glad that you did work out. Uh, unfortunately, uh, you know, obviously it will come back once you've cooled down. So do make sure you really give yourself a good stretch after that workout when your muscles are nice and warm. Um, and the best thing I can suggest, obviously, with helping with uh, soreness on the muscles is rest obviously um making sure that you do get a good night's sleep in particular if you've had a really heavy uh training session uh the worst thing that you really could be doing is drinking alcohol um after that because that's going to interrupt your sleep and your sleep is your time for your body to repair so you really want to get a good night's sleep that's um, unaffected uh, another way to ensure that you get a good night's sleep is actually taking um you know, obviously a warm to hot bath before you go to bed and putting in those Epsom sorts. Um, I only started using them myself um, after running. So when I used to do uh, longer distance runs, when my body was acclimatizing to that, oh my good God, I've never known anything like it. You know, my body felt like it had been beaten with a baseball bat. <laughs> Um, I'd have restless legs in the night and just that soreness. But when you have an Epsom salts bath, what, what is in there is magnesium. And that really helps with, um, you know, assisting that healing process of those muscles because um, it gets absorbed through the skin. So um, and not only that, when you have a bath, obviously your temperature goes up, your body temperature. And then when you get out, obviously it drops and we want our body temperature to be, uh, you know, a lower point um, to aid sleep. And that's when we'll feel most tired. Hence why, you know, when you've got young children, babies, why you always give them a bath before bed, because you're setting up that really good routine, um, you know, that actually makes you feel quite sleepy and puts you into a nice, relaxed uh, mood, obviously, to, to fall asleep nice and naturally. The other thing I would suggest is um, ice packs or heat, um, but also massage. You know, as much as we don't want to do it, uh, SMR, self-myofascial release, and that's a bit of grim. It's, um, I'd say that it, it feels like torture. Uh, especially if you are sore because your your muscles are a little bit knotted, a bit tight. But if you roll them out, um, obviously you're going to be getting that blood through through, through to the muscle fibres um, and that's going to assist with that healing. But, you know, that's not for the <laughs> faint-hearted because it, it, it freaking hurts, uh, seriously hurts, um, to the point that you're absolutely screaming and you'll definitely gain... Um, you know, you'll be sweating, you know, just by massaging. 
So if you've got a foam roller, that's a really good uh, piece of equipment to use to help uh, roll out those muscles. But even if not, say you've got really uh, sore quads or hamstrings, you could actually use a rolling pin or just use your thumbs and, you know, manipulate those muscles all the way down. Um, if it's in, say, your shoulders or your back, get a tennis ball and rugby tackle the wall. <laughs> so uh, needs to be near a door so that you can actually put your head through and then put the ball, uh, say, into your shoulder, go into a scrum position and roll that ball over that sore point. Why am I saying the shoulders in particular? Because that's a real common place where people hold a lot of tension um, in particular. And obviously, if you've been doing some uh, strict press, you know, you're probably going to find that you're going to get soreness up there. So that's that's um, in a nutshell, you know, keep on training, uh, know the difference between muscle soreness and muscle injury. Make sure that you rest, uh, you know, the the as the saying goes, um, muscles um, are built when we sleep, um, you know, and it's the nutrition that, that counts. It's not actually in the gym. So it's, it's the rest that's really important and the food that we eat to supplement that. Um, we do need to train and we do need to train hard um, for our goals, but not at the price of overlooking our nutrition and our rest um, otherwise that will massively affect your goals so there's uh, some answers to some questions um, if you've got any others that you would like to um, have answered then by all means uh, send me a message um, the planted mindset podcast is on instagram um, you can also reach me on instagram under nbefitpt and also in Facebook. So if you've got any questions, feel free to submit them. If you like this episode and you want to hear more, then feel free to give me a review on uh, iTunes. I don't believe you, I think you can uh, on some of the other sites, but not many. iTunes is, is the best one. Uh, so if you have got uh, an Apple phone, then head over to the iTunes and tap down. Obviously give me five stars. <laughs> and then give me a review as to why you like it and what you'd like to hear more of. Um, I love, you know, obviously answering the questions, supporting you guys, um, you know, as best as I can. And, oh, actually, no, I've, I've got another question. I've got another question. I forgot. So getting ahead of myself. So let me answer this question as well before we go. This one was from uh, Letty. And she said that she had gone vegan. Um, and since she had, she's gained weight. She said she knows what changes she needs to do, but she's struggling to do it. So my question or, or my answer to that question would be, obviously, um, a diet change takes some time to adjust, um, certainly for the body and the digestive system. Um, but naturally, when we go vegan, we will be eating a lot more carbohydrates by the sheer nature of it. Um, carbohydrates, if we're not doing the exercise, are going to get stored as fat. So it's important to get a really good balance of the carbohydrates um, because obviously some of the, the foods are going to have a mixture. So for pulses and beans, they're going to have a mixture of protein and carbs in them. So my advice would be to to reduce potentially uh, starchy carbohydrates, increase um, your leafy greens, um, 
as many of those as unlimited as you possibly can. Um, focus your food obviously around as clean as you possibly can there are a lot of hidden uh, salts and sugars and things in vegan products so a lot of times people will go vegan but it really could be unhealthy um you know let's just think of not that i want to you know say anything negative as such but greg's vegan sausage roll it's not healthy just because it hasn't got meat in it it's not healthy you know uh, pastry is a trans fat and the body sees that as as toxic and it just wants to get any trans fats away from the organs and will literally dump that straight to fat stores so that old saying of um a moment on the lips a lifetime on the hips is actually true <laughs> so that may make you think twice about eating some of those things as nice as they are is it worth it? You know, do you want to eat that and know how hard you're going to have to work in, in some sort of training to, to burn that off? Or some of the times it could be reduce that down, sort of have half of it or something like that. But it's looking at the type of food that you're eating. So if any of it is processed, then it's going to be high in salt and sugar. Um, and they're going to obviously, uh, it calls, you know, increase on the scale based on the other question I said, obviously about sodium and holding water. So trying to be as clean as possible, uh, whole food, uh, you know, plant-based, uh, reducing some of the, the starchier carbohydrates. So, you know, I mean, just because you're vegan, you know, doesn't mean like you could still potentially be eating uh, chips, bread, pasta, all of those things are, you know, are going to, if you are not doing enough exercise, they're going to just turn to fat. So I tend to limit myself particularly on, on those products. Uh, pasta, I tend to avoid. So for example, um, if I was going to have, uh, you know, a vegan version of a bolognese, um, it would either be lentil as, as the meat version or say corn. And then what would be my spaghetti? I would use courgettes and I've got this peeler that I can peel into like little strips to make sort of courgette. And that is my spaghetti. I know some shops do sell butternut squash noodles as well. Um, but yeah, so, or, or you could do the same with any vegetable. So you could obviously anything that you can peel, you can do it with. Um, so switching your pasta out, that would be one way to do that. And, um, steering clear of the bread and obviously <laughs> um chips it's got a huge amount of oil in it so again you know be be mindful of the fat content on everything that you're eating you you know you've really a tiny bit of fat is a lot of calories and i think this is the thing that a lot of people forget um they may track on say my fitness pal and they'll track everything but they forget to put the teaspoon um, of oil in there, coconut oil, for example. Well, one teaspoon of coconut oil is 40 calories of pure fat. So can you imagine, and one teaspoon's not that much. <laughs> so if you've actually had a couple of teaspoons, you can quickly see, and that's just in one meal, how that absolutely can add up. Um, so those are the changes that I would make. I'd steer clear from those uh, carbohydrates. And the other one is, um, this this will sort of put people on on the fence of one side or the other is about fruit 
Now, fruit is absolutely fantastic. Um, obviously, it's bundled full of uh, nutrients, vitamins, everything we need, but it's also high in fructose. And again, that's a sugar. So if you are looking to drop weight, sometimes it's trying to steer more to the vegetables and less to the fruit um, until you've lost the weight that you want. And then obviously reintroduce that as, as you wish and being selective on the types of fruit that you do eat. So choosing the less, you know, high, the ones that are lower in content of sugar, you know, choosing your berries, your blackberries, especially this time of season, uh, blueberries, raspberries, those sorts of things, um, apples, um, and sort of steering clear of the higher fruit grapes and you know obviously um watermelon's good obviously because it's a water content but like say pineapple some of those the sweeter fruits um or reduce those down and and hit more of the greens so um with regards to smoothies you know don't put so much fruit in there um but also add um, a real good handful of spinach you really can't taste it um if you're using yellow fruits, then your, your smoothie will just be a lovely green colour. If you're using darker fruits, then I'm afraid it will look a bit like dishwater, but it still tastes, tastes good. So, um, you know, putting a good uh, green sauce in there absolutely helps. And then you can reduce, obviously, that amount of fruit. So they're the changes that I would make. Um, and hopefully that will help you with regards. And, and obviously tracking, you know. Uh, being mindful of what you're eating and consistency going back to the same thing that I said right at the start you know uh, small steps done consistently will equal success we need to be patient and um, and enjoy the journey so that's the most important thing which also goes back to the first thing I said about diet it's something that you can stick to so you know if you're struggling to stick to it then something needs to change. It's either the diet or your mindset uh, because you're not going to get the results because you're not going to adhere. And the other thing I'd say on that is, is don't be too hard on yourself, you know, because um, what happens is we, we get really tough on ourselves. And then if we don't follow through with what we said, we then press the fuck it button. And really that's the old analogy of, of the car tires. Like you've got one puncher and you go and slash all the other four when you go and binge. No, you just repair that one and carry on. And it's the same with the diet. You know, you have a slip up. You don't then slip up for the rest of the day or the rest of the week. You just get back on the horse and carry on. So sometimes it's um, changing that mindset slightly, but also it's not about perfection. You know, if you can maintain to around an 80 percent um, consistency throughout, say, a 30 day period, I think that will equate to about, say, six days moderately off plan. You will still make progress, but you, you know, that can't be an absolute blowout, you know, and also you need to, you've got to be honest with yourself ultimately and, and just check, you know, you're checking with the photos, um, you're checking with your clothes and if they feel a bit tighter or they're not feeling looser, then you know that you're going to have to adjust something, you know, it's, it's tweaking these things as we go. Um, but the other thing is, is accountability. Now, if, if you know what to do, um, but you're struggling to do it, it's probably that you need someone to help you stay accountable. 
Now, there's all the information out there uh, on, on the, the famous Google uh, for everything we need. So then why isn't everyone super fit and, you know, smashing their goals all the time? Because it's freaking hard. It's really hard, isn't it? Motivation and willpower, they don't stay. They're like a muscle, you know, like you have to build other things in place to enable you to get the results. And, and that comes down to habits and support and accountability. So you, you've, you've got to, what do they say? I think it was uh, Jim Rohn that said, um, or was it Les Brown? Um, to get what others won't get, you've got to do what others won't do. And, and it's not easy because if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. It gets tough. It gets hard. So you need someone to have your back when those times get hard to support you and even maybe pull or carry you through. Um, and, and that's why I think um, with, certainly with my clients, uh, my, all of my clients, uh, whether they're in person and online, I have them in a group. So we, we've got each other's back. It's not just me um, there for them. There are other people in the group that are, doing the same thing and understand the struggles and give that support, give that helping hand when needed. And that can make all the difference. Um, but also it can give a little bit of added inspiration. So you could feel like one day, Oh, I really don't feel like working out. I just really not interested. And then you see someone else has smashed it today. And it sort of sends like a shoot up, you know, like, Oh my God, you know, I'm going to get this done. Um, so it shoots, you know, some sort of hopefully endorphin rush to the brain. Right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do it. Um, so that you know that then you can post yours, um, and then you, you know, you get that feel good hormone of once you've completed that exercise, that dopamine, dopamine hit, that rush. Um, yeah, you've got it done, and you can then be proud that you're posting it in the group. And and we all love, um, you know confirmation of things that we've done we all like to be patted on the on the back that we've done well um it's it's in human nature so uh, accountability accountability is is massive so if you're struggling with that then my suggestion would be to either uh you know uh, buddy up with someone so that that you know when you've set your particular workouts someone else is saying it so one one day you might not feel like it but they you know, egg you on to do it. And another time they don't and you egg them on. And that way you're maintaining that consistency. The other one is to actually have a coach, uh, someone that has got your back, understands your goals and knows the process. You know, they've, they've been there, they've done it. And that's their role. It's their job to assist and see you through. Um, and the other one, obviously, is get your family and friends on board to support you so that when you don't feel like it, they give you a kick out the arse and tell you, well, this is what you said you wanted to do. Um, and the other one would be to to have a good enough reason why. It's got to be a really decent reason why to keep you going through the ship. <laughs> um, it's that valley of disappointment, you know, like you started this new plan, like, you know, turning vegan, it all started lovely. You're doing really well. Then it starts to get a bit tougher and then you're, boom, you're in the bottom of that valley of disappointment. You don't want to be getting out the same side. 
you want to be crawling out the other side or having someone pull you out and that's when you really need your reason why that could be a photo of yourself of what you want to be or a photo of, of you know perhaps yourself you know five years ago ten years ago um, or a photo of someone that you admire and the body that you want to achieve and that's what you've got to focus on and you've got to focus on that daily you've got to focus on what you do want and not what you don't want so don't focus on you know like focus on the workout work focus on the food focus on the result um because there is that saying obviously what you what you see is where you go uh so don't focus on the negative focus on the positive and get that accountability so i hope that's answered your question uh letty and on that one, I definitely going to wrap this up before I start to waffle far too much. Uh, <laughs> so I love all these questions that I can answer, um, but obviously I'll end up talking till the cows come home. So on this one, I'm going to end episode 37 and say thank you for listening. So if you are interested in wanting to have a coach, um, by all means, reach out to me, send, drop me a DM on Instagram or Facebook Messenger, and we can see what your goals are and see if and how I can help you. As I said before, please rate and review and share this podcast. So the more listeners we get, uh, the more people I can help, um, obviously, the better. So on that note, thank you for listening.